Hi, Girlfriend listeners. We're back to introduce a new podcast mini-series that carries the same intentions and goals that the Girlfriends podcast holds. Except this time, it focuses on the significant contributions of House & Wire's women of influence and how they're driving the U.S. housing economy forward. The series lives on our Housing Wire daily feed, and for each episode, we interview our honorees on the impact they're making today. While it won't be fully focused on financial conversations with your girlfriends, we still view this as a way to listen to inspirational women executives. In the next few weeks, join us as we sunset the Girl Funds podcast and transition into mini-series like this one on our Housing Wire daily feed. Hope you enjoy. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Alcina Lloyd, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today's episode features the first ever episode of the Women of Influence podcast miniseries. Each Tuesday, HW Plus Managing Editor Brenna Nath will interview one of Housing Wire's remarkable women of influence on their latest contributions to the industry, the women they look up to, and how they're moving markets forward. The miniseries leads into the announcement of the 2021 Housing Wire Women of Influence Award winners, which will be announced on August 1st. Today's first episode features 2020 Women of Influence winner Laura Graneman, Vice President of Strategic Investments at Rocket Community Fund, as she discusses how COVID-19 has starkly highlighted inequity in housing across the country. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Finance of America Companies provides lending solutions for every phase of life. With the proven ability to innovate towards evolving needs and an unwavering focus on the customer first, last, and always, Finance of America Companies empowers borrowers with a diverse suite of services in traditional and reverse mortgages, commercial real estate loans, home improvement, and more. Visit www.financeofamerica.com to learn how Finance of America is pushing dreams forward and find opportunities to join their incredible team. That's financeofamerica.com. Finance of America Companies is an equal opportunity employer. Hi, I'm Brenna Nath, HW Plus Managing Editor here at Housing Wire. I'm excited to kickstart our Women of Influence mini podcast series. This is a series where we spotlight the significant contributions of women in the industry who are helping drive the markets forward, kind of catching up on what they're doing and looking at what they're doing in the road ahead. So I'm excited for my first guest. I have Laura Graneman. She has been someone I've actually had the pleasure of meeting with in person. I got to see firsthand the work that she is doing in Michigan and along with the impactful change that she has. Um, To start off, I wanted to read a little bit of her Woman of Influence profile. She was a 2020 Woman of Influence to give you just a little bit of a a feeler to see the impact that she's had in the industry. And then I'll let her take away what has she done since we've given her this award back in 2020. So she founded the Quicken Loans Community Fund when she was 24 years old with the goal of increasing opportunities for residents of Detroit and other Quicken Loans home cities. As the philanthropic arm of Quicken Loans and the Rock family of companies, the fund was created to give residents access to safe and affordable housing and build wealth through home ownership. As the Vice President of Strategic Investments, Graneman and her team drive systemic change through investing $30 million annually. One, I know Quicken Loans, technically that has also phased out of existence. So that's one note changed since then, along with I'm sure many other things. So first off, Laura, I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. So as a 2020 woman of influence, as I noted previously, we're halfway through 2021, about to almost kickstart Q3, Q4, go into 2022. Can you share some of what you've been focused on since we first gave you this award and what has the last year looked like for you? 
Well, the last year has been um, a lot of a lot of craziness, really, for all of us involved. Um, but I think that I think that uh, what's been really, really great about our work is that we knew that some of these inequities existed prior to the pandemic. But having the pandemic hit um, really accelerated a lot of the work that we were doing, um, and and really accelerated a lot of the partnerships that we have in the space. And so we've seen a lot of momentum with some of this work, uh, especially on the housing side. So uh, over the past year, we've had a number of really critical announcements and launches of programs. I'll, I'll kind of name two. The first is uh, we've been able to work with the Gilbert Family Foundation to announce a $500 million 10-year commitment to the city of Detroit um, and to building opportunity and equity for Detroit residents. Uh, as you know, the city of Detroit is, is home base for us at Rocket Mortgage and for Dan Gilbert, our chairman and founder. Um, so it holds a really important place in, in all of our hearts. Um, and we're really proud to be able to work directly with Detroit residents to support some of the, the work that they're already doing to build and grow that work and to break down some of the systemic barriers that uh, we see existing in our ecosystem every day. Um, so that's our partnership with the Gilbert Family Foundation. And we launched actually in March with a $15 million commitment to um, ending property tax foreclosure across the city of Detroit. We've seen for many years that property tax foreclosure has been this huge drain on home ownership, um, especially black home ownership in, in Detroit. Uh, because there's some high property tax rates, because there's uh, there are resources and tools, but people aren't really aren't accessing them at scale. Um, and so we recognized that um, really people were held back by these back taxes that they really shouldn't have had to pay for in the first place if they had known about some of these resources. Uh, so we've been able to work with the city and the county to pass some significant legislation that cuts down on those back taxes. And then the Gilbert Family Foundation was able to come in with that $15 million commitment to wiping out all of the rest of back taxes for low-income Detroit homeowners. Um, so it's really helping Detroit homeowners start with a clean slate, make sure that they're set up for success going forward, uh, make sure that they have the support that they need to retain their homeownership so that they can build wealth for generations to come. Um, and then when we think about the Rocket Community Fund, we're really excited to be able to now take some of the work that we've uh, built in the city of Detroit that's so deep and connects our philanthropic priorities and our business priorities to help grow uh, you know, better programs, better products, um, products that are gonna work for our communities across the country and start to take some of that deep work in Detroit and uh, build other hubs across the country. So we're really focused on bridging the racial homeownership gap at the Rocket Community Fund right now. Um, and we're starting to launch some work that, again, really ties closely our philanthropic priorities and our business priorities to make sure that, you know, our, our client experience should be seamless across both. If we're supporting someone who needs property tax foreclosure assistance, or we're supporting someone who needs to refinance, uh, that client experience should be seamless. We should help people be able to go from not being a homeowner to taking the next step in their homeownership journey. Uh, and we're really excited to have some of those supports and wraparound services exist both on the philanthropic side and on the business side.
We recently featured a Q&A with you leading up to our Women of Influence Awards opening for 2021. And when I was going kind of through that Q&A, there was one quote that stuck out to me that I would love for you to expand upon. And you mentioned in that recent interview that COVID-19, and you almost touched on this a little bit in your previous answer, has starkly highlighted housing inequalities across the country. So while the underlying issues haven't changed, our level of urgency around mobilizing must increase. Um, kind of digging deeper into that, what does this look like in action? And can you just expand on this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as I said, all of these inequities existed prior to COVID-19, um, but but COVID really did shine a spotlight on some of the inequities that we're seeing today. Um, and we, we especially recognize during COVID-19 the importance of home, right? We've all been home for our, the last year and a half and some people, for some people, home is a very stable place, and for other people, home doesn't have that, that stability associated. Uh, and so we, we recognize that we need to make sure that the systems that we all interact with on a daily basis are supporting uh, every member of our community, especially when it comes to housing stability. So um, throughout COVID-19, we've been really blessed to be able to work closely with our community partners and with national partners to, to be able to focus our work on driving systemic change, both in the city of Detroit and now, as I said, increasingly um, across the country. And the audience for this podcast, it really is the lending community. You have, uh, you know, LO servicers, boots on the ground, along with decision makers. What advice would you give to people listening who are hearing what you're saying, the need, the um, potential for making kind of a difference in the community and how someone, how you're doing it. So what advice would you give them on just a place to start? Yeah, the, the advice that I always give is to start by falling in love with the problem. We talk about it a lot here. It's a really important first step. A lot of people will have solutions in mind, uh, but without that first step of falling in love with the problem and really deeply understanding the experience of the people that you're trying to serve, whether that's a, a philanthropic client or a business client, you know, whether you're a loan officer or an appraiser, um, really deeply understanding the, the challenges that your clients are facing, and then really deeply asking yourself, why are the systems set up in a way that's creating this challenge in the first place. Um, by taking those first two steps, you are able to better inform the solutions and strategies that you uh, need to implement moving forward. My next question for you kind of changes topics a little bit, but I'm sure your answer to it might still be in that same field. I always like asking, you know, the women leaders in this space, who are you looking up to or who do you go to for advice or whether it's even a mentor or kind of an inspiration for what you want to be as you continue career? So are there any women in this industry or even outside of this industry that you look up to that you would also maybe recommend following? Um, yeah, so a couple of people immediately come to mind. Uh, the first is I'm extremely blessed to be able to work with some amazing women across the uh, Rock family of companies. And one in particular, her office is right, right down the hall here, um, is Trina Scott, who actually was also, I think, a, a woman of influence in 2020. Uh, she's our chief diversity officer, and uh, she has been a fabulous partner. She's someone that I go to all the time for um, advice and just to, to connect to make sure that we are really in lockstep as we drive forward some of these strategies. But she's such an inspiration because she's been able to 
really work at weaving diversity, equity, and inclusion into every decision that we make across the Rock family of companies. So it's been really inspirational to watch her. Um, and then the other people that come to mind, honestly, are uh, local community partners here in the city of Detroit. There's one, one woman in particular, her name is Sonia Mays, um, and she's, she's fantastic because she is a developer here in the city. Uh, she runs an organization called Develop Detroit. Um, and for those who know the city of Detroit well, it can be really difficult to manage development in the city of Detroit and build uh, partnerships and capital stacks that make sense. And Sonia does it every day with lots of grace and expertise. So um, I'm blessed to have partners like her in Detroit and across the country. I always like the answer to that question because it's so important. We when we have uh, back when we had girl funds, we used to talk a lot about sending the elevator kind of back down, and then also who you are looking up to to aspire to be. And as a young female in this industry, um, there's so many women out there who are kind of helping carve the path forward. Um, whether it's in the nonprofit world or even just, I mean, just people like Trina, who I also had the pleasure of speaking with, so it's really cool to kind of hear your thoughts there. Yeah, it's so important for for us to be able to show amazing examples of the work that's getting done across the country. And, and as you said, support each other in this work, because, um, you know, I think, I think we as women do sometimes approach problem solving a little bit differently. And it is so important to have um, that diversity of perspective around the table so that we can bring others alongside us and make sure that we're all, you know, in this fight together. For my last question, I might be wrong in this, so correct me on uh, exactly when you got into the industry, but I'm pretty sure it was one of, whether it was also your first job or you interned, but you've been in this industry kind of since the beginning of your career, same over here. What do you think it would take to get more women or young females to aspire to join the lending industry? Or, I mean, you could expand it, the servicing industry title, wherever it may be, especially because there are family companies. I mean, it touches every part. So there's so many spots in this industry that are, have the possibilities for disruption. So from your perspective, as someone who did get in pretty early on, what would it take to get more women in this industry? And maybe why is it important? Yeah, I, I did did join the industry from a very young age. Um, and I think what what really kept me excited and motivated to keep working in this space is the fact that it is really a, a changing and moving industry right now that has such an opportunity for us to inform it uh, in, in a way that's gonna serve people more going forward. So uh, for a long time, I think the lending industry has maybe come across to the general public as stale or the same thing that's happening every day. But I can say with lots of certainty being in this position that 100% we are driving some critical changes in this system and in this industry that are going to better set our society up for success going forward. And to be a part of that is an incredibly exciting opportunity. Um, so I think just getting the word out that there's actually a lot of really interesting systemic change and work that's being driven by uh, lending institutions. I'll say the Rock family of companies has done a, an absolutely fantastic job at leading in some of these spaces. Um, and so that's what's really kept me motivated and, and excited to come back to work and work with a great group of people every day. That's so well put. They're really, um, you could have such a like, critical impact in the nation. There's 50 states across America 
people need homes. There's so many uh, kind of little spots within there to make a difference um, on so many different levels. You could do it at your level to also just, you have, I'm sure, home builds on the local level where you could help someone and make a change. So I think um, really wanted to say, just appreciate you kind of sharing what you're doing. And you've done a lot of exciting things since we first kind of spotlighted you back in 2020. And I'm sure, Laura, this won't be the last time we chat, but thank you so much for joining us on Housing Wire Daily today. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate the time. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing Housing Wire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Alcina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow.